Welcome back, everyone. Hello. Hello. On behalf of our entire flight crew, thanks for soaring with us. Hello and welcome to another edition of Disney Brit Bite Size. I think we're at, is this episode 13 of Disney Brit Bite Size? It's 13, but it sounds very much like Christmas. No, this isn't Christmas. This is Inside Out. I was going to say, is it your piano lessons? It's my piano lessons. No, it's Inside Out. Um, thank you for joining us as always. And uh, we thought we'd do something a little bit different. Um, and... Um, we're basically going to do some uh, listener questions, listener feedback this particular week. We've had some emails from people and we thought, uh, let's sort of go with the Florence and give it a go. Florence? Go with the flow. Go with the flow. Forget it. That's because you're off to see some ridiculous band. Yes, I am. I'm off to see Florence and the Machine this week. Amazing. I'm actually quite excited about it. Are you front row? Are you going to be? No, 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 no! I can't afford front row. Goodness me! You're going to be screaming, throwing your knickers. But I am very, very excited about going to see Florence and the Machine. It's going to be an amazing evening, so I am looking forward to that. Um, I'll be honest. I've, you know, when we do the whole um, eat to the beat thing, yeah, and you go, right? This is this band. This is that band. Yeah. I've heard the name, but I don't honestly know. I know any tunes. So Adam. Yeah. You're going to sing. I'm not going to sing any, no. But I am looking forward to, like, Ship to Wreck Live. It's just going to be phenomenal. Oh, I think that name rings a bell. That song rings a bell. It's a good song. I anyway, it's completely off the point of what we're supposed to be talking about. It's got nothing Sorry. to do with what we normally talk about. So, um, yeah, we're doing listener feedback this week. Um, we've got some questions for you. Just to start off with some listener feedback, um, thank you to those people who have contacted us over the past uh, few shows to say how much they've enjoyed it. Uh, we've had some people who have um, said they really enjoyed the last uh, Disney Bit Bite Size we had when we did the Just a Minute, and uh, some people said it was one of the funniest episodes I've heard. We had a lovely comment from someone who said that it sounded like we were having an awful lot of fun, which, um, yeah, we were, let's be honest. It was quite entertaining. Um, and also we had some people from the last Disney Brit show who said they really enjoyed the segment on Dismal uh, Land and about what that was like and how they've used Disney and all those bits and pieces as well. So thank you very much yep. to all those people who have uh, kind of given us their feedback. It's very much appreciated. Yeah. I think from, from a Disney fan's point of view, reviewing Dismal Land was quite an interesting topic. Yeah. And I, I would like to have thought that it may have got picked up by Dismal Land's people. But um, no, it doesn't seem to be the case at all. But maybe maybe they're getting the panic on. Do you reckon that's what it is? Do you reckon they're in case you're a Disney representative? Yeah, just in case that could be the panic that they're having. Anyway, we're uh, we're doing listener questions, so I suppose we should start with our questions um, from our listeners. So I'm going to start with Caroline. Uh, she has sent us an email, and uh, the question basically says, does anyone have any suggestions for taking an eighth-month-old to Disney? Is that eight or eighth-month-old? Eight, eight, eighth eighth month. Month, like to Disney, yeah, that's right. Eight-month-old to Disney. Um, so one thing she doesn't say is whether this is Walt Disney World or Disneyland Paris. So um, I would guess... Where she from? Where she, it doesn't say where she's from. She didn't say where she's from. So I suppose we could tackle this from both. We could tackle it from a Walt Disney World point of view and a Disneyland Paris point of view. So what's the youngest you've taken sort of one of your kids to Disney? Um, Well, Imogen was, I think she was around about 14 months old. That's just over a year. And that's what normal people would say. But when you're in the little, you talk about 10 months. Um, 
And that's when I went to Walt Disney World, but we took her to Disneyland Paris, and I think she was around about somewhere between six and nine months old. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think Chris took um, one month old. Really? Okay, so yeah. so your kids were reasonably young then. Uh, Harry was about four months old. We took him to Disneyland Paris. He was two when we took him to Walt Disney World. So let's think about Walt Disney World initially then as our, our first thing. So what are the things, the tips that we can give people about taking an eight-month-old to Disney World? Um, the first thing I would consider is possibly to do with the flight. Uh, you got to remember that at that age, they're not going to need their own seat, so they'll be able to sit in your lap, so it will save you money doing it that way. But also, you've got to take into consideration the fact that at that age, it's a very, very long flight for them. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the, the tips you could still use with somebody maybe that young, but maybe not quite in the same way, because they're not quite as responsive, and it's a tip that I've mentioned a million times in the show before, is this idea of having little presents or things that um, you could give to them every now and again to sort of rejuvenate their interest. It's something we did with Harry when we were, it was two. We put little presents like they were colouring books or a little toy or some cards or something like that. So every hour and a half or so, you'd give him another present, he'd unwrap it and he'd sit and play with it and it kept him quite happy. I know eight months is nowhere near two, obviously, but you can yeah. still maybe do something similar like that, I would think, with them. I, I, t I totally agree. Um, when we took Imogen to Walt Disney World, say she was just over the, the air mark. Um, we were stopping at Animal Kingdom Lodge, and I thought, well, let's let's try and theme the the present idea. We had um, bought those little, what the, the little animal characters that you can get in. I don't know what, what do they call them now. Which ones? You know, when you you'd get like little plastic farmyard animals. Oh, like the. Um, like if you're making a model village. Oh, it's like the Happy Valley things. Um, Is it Happy Valley or something like that? Or oh, it's not Playmobil. Um, but it's a bit like the realistic looking animals. Um, and they were like, you, they were like a rubber plastic. Anyway, we we got a load of them. That's really narrowed it down. Brilliant. I, I can't remember what it was now. So anyway, but we got them that were related to the Animal Kingdom lodges in giraffes, zebras, yeah. um, hippopotamus, yeah. um, all that sort of stuff. And it it was like when when the kids are starting to learn to talk and say words. And I don't know. Imogen was like she couldn't say zebra. It was brebra. Yeah. Um. There was a raft, we had a, a raft there. And I think you touched on this um in the past as well, but when when you sort of you're sort of trying to develop them talking, yeah. Seeing the little models was talking help them talk but also yeah. when you see them in the in the flesh out the window of your yeah, hotel this is very true um so we took harry when he was two he wasn't at that particular point wasn't speaking a massive amount and and it's weird to to think and i it, i don't think it is coincidental that this happened but while we were in the parks you know he was seeing all the colors and taking in all the sounds and meeting all the characters and all those bits and pieces and and it did develop some of his speech you know i think there's something to be said for taking a young child to disney world and getting them to see the magic for the very first time whether that be i don't know meeting mickey mouse or meeting a fairy like Tinkerbell or you know one of the princesses or something like that depending on who your child is you know there's something really magical about seeing their eyes light up and seeing that for the first time and I think you know taking a young child also there's an advantage there if they're an eight month old introducing them to characters at that age because if they're used to seeing those characters from a very very young age it means that when they do see them and they're older they're not going to necessarily freak out because they're used to seeing them I, I, I would I, I like what you're saying there but I'm probably going to pick you up on it because um when we took Imogen to Disneyland Paris, when she was, say, somewhere between six and nine yeah. years old, um, she freaked out when Mickey Mouse came to see her and Kathy Mickey. 
Okay, because um, she was kind of strapped in and couldn't move, and or was it? Yeah, she, she was in a, um, like a high chair. She was sitting with her back to the room, yeah. and Mickey Mouse sort of peered over her shoulder. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, she was nearly climbing out of that high chair. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's supposed to be meeting them with a bit of freedom, isn't it? So they can yeah. kind of go up to them if they want to, and it's not that the character's coming to them, so to speak. Yeah. And then sort of fast forward to when we went to Walt Disney World in yeah. the Animal Kingdom Lodge with her. And we went to um, the Polynesian Resort for the breakfast with Stitch. Yeah. And when Stitch turns up, Stitch is quite an animated character, and he sort of, he doesn't walk up slowly. Well, he sort animated of jumps. characters. Yeah, Stitch jumps at you. Yeah. And Imogen screamed her head off. <laughs> But now that she's seven, she's started to get used to it. Yeah. Um, So I'm trying to think what else tips for an eight-month old. Oh, don't be too afraid about being kind of claustrophobic on the plane either. I remember sitting on the floor uh, by one of the doors during a flight, uh, rocking Harry to sleep, wrapped up in a blanket. Uh, so don't think you're going to be confined to your seat the whole time. We were up and moving about, and, and I was rocking him to sleep. While I remember, I still remember it so clearly. Rock, like sitting on the floor of the aeroplane, rocking yeah. him to sleep on the way home, uh, and getting him to go off to sleep. Because that's the other thing you've yeah. got to take into consideration with a child that young as well. They don't understand time difference. So you know your child is going to be up at whatever time it is in the yeah. morning uh, when you've got the five-hour time difference as well. I think yeah, I've got to agree there. It is the flight itself isn't if if you're flying from the UK to Florida, it is going to be grim with a child. And um, the first hour maybe you can get around it. Yeah, but you need to you need to either keep them occupied, and the younger they are, the harder they are to occupy. Yeah, um, or they need to be asleep. Um, for you to you know you, you've gone on this flight which has got how many movies on constant loop? Oh yeah, there's, there's all sorts. Um. We, when when me and Catherine went with Imogen, mm. I was rocking Imogen backwards and forwards to try and get her to sleep. As Catherine watched four films, I didn't see any. But you know that's that's the uh, the way you do it. You've got to sacrifice yourself. But I, I no, I, I think there's no other way of doing it. You've just got to you've got to endure that. Flight. Yeah, yeah. It's have. not going to be. Um, this this I don't think there's any pleasant way of of doing it. If you've got a child that sleeps a lot, you know, great. But um. You know, I don't think there's any particular tips you can give for that. But I, you could take an eight-month-old. Yeah, it's not going to be the easiest trip in the world, but they still would. Um, what about Disneyland Paris then? Um, tips for Disneyland Paris. Um, oh, well, I was going to touch on another thing about the flight. Oh, go on then. If you see, if you've got a young child and you're you're not too of a um, a, pre- a precious parent, as in you know, mm. wrapping your kid up with cotton wool, very yeah. paranoid about what's going to happen. Um, we ended up sitting with um, some kids behind us. Um, it was two girls that were. I don't know, about 12 and 7. And unknown to us, the 7-year-old was actually petrified of flying. Now, our kid was looking over the the seats, sort of smiling, waving and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And it ends up that she wanted to go and sit with them. So we said, is it all right if she sits with you? And our child sat with um, the kids behind us on the aeroplane and did sticker books and all sorts. And we had about six hour flight of the flight without the kid yeah. out of Imogen because the kid behind us was entertaining them and she was absolutely loving it. Plus it was distracting the other child that was a bit scared of flying. Yeah, I've got to take into consideration here as well. You're on a flight to Florida and the majority of people who go to Florida are going to have children with them. No jokes. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not like you're the only person on there with a child. Yeah, you know, There's going to be plenty of other children about as well. Um, okay, let's talk about Disneyland Paris then. So, um, 
one of the things I would say is drive. Um, and the reason I'd say this is purely for the fact that if you were to go by flying, you would have to make sure you've got everything in a suitcase. Uh, you would have to pack, you know, everything you need for a small child. You could put your your buggy or whatever under the um, under the bottom of the plane. That's fine in the hold. But you're yep. going to have to really think about what it is you're going to take. If you were Eurostarring it, yeah, you get more luggage. But actually, you've still got the hassle of having to get the train, particularly. Whenever I've travelled, it's parking the car, then getting the tube into the centre of London, and then getting on the Eurostar, etc., uh, or changing yep. trains. Whereas if you take a car, you literally, uh, yes, it takes you slightly longer, but you can get off on the ferry and all that sort of stuff, or on the Eurotunnel or whatever. But you can yep. fit as much as you want in the car. You can put your buggy in there, you can fit your steriliser in there if you need to. You can fit all of those things that you might need to take for a small child, um, and not worry about space or weight or anything like that. In in theory, if you're doing a long journey, your um your young child will probably sleep most of the way, so it's it's probably not too bad. The the only thing about the, the driving though is the explosive nappies. True. That's always a bit of a an issue. I remember having to change a nappy in the backseat of a car. Um, but how how long does it take you to fly once you get to, not fly, drive when you get to? France. It's about three and a half hours ish, I would think, from uh, Calais down to Disneyland Paris, and then obviously depending on where you are in the country. So for you, it's what five hours? Well, it's about four hours just to me. Yeah. Um, and it's about another three-ish hours from my house to Dover. So you're looking at a good seven-hour journey before you even yeah. get there. Whereas I can do my house to Disneyland Paris in roughly with the ferry crossing in roughly about eight and a half hours. Yeah, so that's doable in a day easily. Oh yeah, yeah, easily doable in a day. We've before now we have done. Um, I've done half a day in a park, got in the car, driven to the um, port, and driven all the way home and arrived late in the evening, and done it in one day. Yeah, which has been really um, useful. One of um, well, one of the members of the Disney Brit Run team, Stephen yeah. Coulson, he um, his top tip to us was that they sort of drive down get to France and stop over as soon as they get to France yeah and then they're ready first thing in the morning to go for their full day in the theme park which obviously if you're stopping at a Disney hotel you get two days entry for one night yeah you're not wasting any of your time because if you travel down and you get there at 10 o'clock at night you've essentially wasted a day of park time mm -hmm. that's a fair point expect. I'm trying to think if there's anything else to suggest for taking a very young child uh, to. The other thing about having a car as well, um, I forgot to say, is obviously you can, you've got access to supermarkets and things like that if you need to pick up nappies and stuff like that without having to pay the small fortune that it is yep. to buy them in yep. Disney. Um, well, one thing that I remember yep. um, with a the young child there is that Disney are overly prepared for young children. Yes, they are. When, when you go out to a restaurant in, in your local town, they may have one child seat. At Disney, they've got like 30, 40 child seats all cleaned and wrapped up in cling wrap all ready for you. Um, so that anything that you need, they're there to help you out. Yeah. And it, it, it has sort of moulded the way that we do our holidays because it, it they're so prepared for you, it is, makes everything easy. Yeah. But, you know, if you go into a restaurant anywhere else and your kid knocks over the Coke, all over the floor. Bear in mind, I'm not expecting you to give an eight-month-old. I might say, don't, this is not advising giving eight-month-old coke. Yeah, but you know, as annoying as it is, I think they understand it's going to happen a lot more when you go to Disney than 
when you go to the restaurant in town. That's very true. Restaurant. I don't think there's any other location in the world other than Disney resorts where they understand the family and children more, and you know, and, and understand the things that happen. Yeah, which is really good. Okay, um, right. So that's the end of that question. What what's the next question? Um, right. Okay, we've got one from Jessica Kent, or it might actually it might be Jessica in Kent. I'm not sure. Imagine if her name was Jessica Kent in Kent. Yeah. That would be an interesting envelope to fill out, wouldn't it? <laughs> Dear me. Um, but the question is... Yeah. I'm going to... I'm gonna. This is going to do my head. And I'm going to have to try and find out if she's Jessica Kent. It's uh, just the way that my brain goes. Your brain anyway, works. Um, what is the best way to travel to Mickey's Backyard Barbecue? Oh, that's a question. So that is Fort Wilderness Campgrounds. Yep, Fort Wilderness Campground. Same area as Hoopty Do Review, isn't it? Yeah. Have okay. you been to the backyard barbecue? I've not been to the barbecue. I've been to the Hoopty Do. Um, Chris went last time to the backyard barbecue. Yep. I've been. Ooh, I'm going to say it was probably three years ago. Okay. Um. So but best way to get there. Um. I suppose you've got several options, haven't you? Um. If you've got a car, take the car, park it in the car park walk um, yeah that's one way of doing it the second way is obviously disney transportation i suppose there's various ways of getting there what did you do when you last went what was your kind of route there um our, our option was bear in mind that we when we got disney we don't generally don't take a car and no. um, we rely on the disney transport so we would get a bus to the magic kingdom and right at the entrance of the magic kingdom there is um the boat Launches? What do you call them? Stations? Yeah, docks. kind of docks. Yeah, they're the ones. The same thing that every other person in the world calls them. Yeah, yeah. Except for me. <laughs> um, but there's um, there's one. There's some boats that take you direct to Fort Wilderness and yeah. do they go to Wilderness Lodge as well? Or uh, yes, there are some that go to Wilderness Lodge, I believe. Um, and it was a it was a lovely, relaxing sort of route there. You know, you get to see a bit more Disney that than you don't normally see. Um, you get to see, I think you get to see um, a little bit of river country. Yes, I think you do kind of pass by the side of, of river country, yeah. And what um, used to be river country. And and it's just something different, you know, you, you've done the buses all day long, you might yeah. as well try something else. Um, and it drops you off at a, a dock, as most people call it, um, at Fort Wilderness. And as you get off the dock, you sort of, the route goes into a fork to the left and the right. Yeah. One's to hoop you do the ones to the backyard barbecue and it is very well signposted and they are very well prepared for all these guests turning up people pointing in the right direction i don't suppose she said where she's traveling from has she um no okay it doesn't say i think it doesn't i'm say where she's... trying to think when we last did hoop you do now we kind of used one of the hubs as a way in. So you could go to any theme park. You go to Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom, Blizzard Beach, Typhoon Lagoon. You'll be able to get a bus directly there from one of those hubs. So if you stay in a Disney resort, you can go from one of those to a theme park and from there to the other. Um, we did... I'm trying to think when I last did Hoopty Do. I was staying at Port Orleans Riverside. So I got... And I don't advise doing this now. I got the boat to downtown Disney and then a bus from downtown Disney. But I wouldn't advise using downtown Disney at all for a bus hub at the at moment. At the moment. Until that's all kind of finished and, and ready to go. So yeah, yours probably sounds like the most interesting way of getting there. So bus to Magic Kingdom and then boat from the dock 
over to Fort Wilderness. Or Wilderness Camp. It was, um, yeah, but I will say that when you leave, you're, um, you want to get on a bus to come back. Because um, what happens is everybody leaves the hoop to do review or the um, backyard barbecue at the same time. Yeah. And you can probably only get about 30 people on a boat at a time. Yeah. Um, so much smaller. there is a very big queue builds up, whereas I think Disney can throw on a few extra buses at the same time for the exiting of that event, whereas they've got a limited amount of boats. Yes. Okay, so we're saying probably that the, the nicest way is Magic Kingdom boat across to, to Wilderness Campground or go to any hub and catch the bus to, for, to Wilderness Campground from there. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, next question. This one's coming from Sarah. Um, she says, we are on the Disney Dream in November. We check in at 10.30. Can we get straight onto the ship or do we have time to waste? Good question. Um, well, we always, I've always advised people to get the earliest check-in time possible. Not because you can get straight onto the boat. You can't get on the boat at 10.30. But I've before now been able to get on the boat sort of 11.30ish. And because I arrived at 10.30, was given a very early time or very early number in which to board. So we were one of the first ones onto the ship and it meant that we were able to start using the facilities very, very early on. Um, didn't you have a check-in time for 10.30? When you um, I think ours was... It was either 10.30 or 11. I know that it was very early. But, well, first of all, I'll say that the reason why I chose this early time, um, Craig Duncan had said to us, top tip, you've paid a fortune for your Disney dream. Yeah. Get in as early as you can and make the most of it with the food. Yeah, too right. Um, so obviously the first meal that they start serving is lunch. So, you know, if you're not there for lunch, you've missed out on a, a meal. Um, arguably, you can graze for the majority of the day. Um, but yeah, so I'd, I'd got a, a 10, 30, 11 o'clock-ish check-in. But because I was stopping at a Disney hotel and using the Disney transportation, the bus didn't pick me up until 12.30. Oh, wow. So you, yeah, you'd have missed... So by the time you'd arrived, it'd have been two, half past two-ish? Yeah, so um, I, th I think when they, when you go by the Disney of the Disney transportation, obviously they're unloading the boat, yeah. getting the buses back to the boat to do the, the route of that. Oh, of course. So by yeah. the time they've emptied the boat, they then start to fill the boat back up. Yeah. And they probably don't really want people to be on the boat too early. Um, so we got in the boat and there was maybe about an hour and a half or something like that before it started to um, yeah. do the drills. What do they call them? Must oh, the musters. musters. The musters. You have to get to your muster station. Yes. Your lifeboat. Your kind of lifeboat drill thing. Yeah. Isn't it? Um, well, we, we arrived at 10.30, as I said. Um... We were on at by 11.30 and the plan was to go for a swim for half an hour, go to the aqueduct. And this is one of the advantages about being able to get there. Yes, you'll have about an hour before you get on, but there's usually characters around. You can go and sign the kids up for the kids club, those sort of things. You haven't got to worry about that when you get on board. So you can yep. enjoy it as soon as you get on. Um, and that's exactly what we did. And then we got on about 11.30, went up to the aqueduct where there was no queue. Thought go for a swim for half an hour before lunch. Great idea. We've got all our swimming costumes. They're all packed in a bag. Someone was given the responsibility of packing swimming stuff in a bag so we can go on the aqueduct. And um, I watched everybody else go on the aqueduct because my trunks weren't packed. I was still in the big suitcase. So, yeah, I wasn't very happy. Um, but, yeah, we went up there, aqueduct, for sort of half an hour. And then about uh, 12 o'clock, went down to... I've got to get this right. It's the, en it's the Enchanted Garden. It's a Royal, 
Royal Palace, isn't it? Enchanted Garden. Yes, Went yes. to the Enchanted Garden um, for lunch at sort of 12 o'clock and we'd had a mooch around the ship and that sort of stuff. Um, and the food is, is excellent. I, I don't know why, but I've got this kind of strong memory of cake in uh, Enchanted Garden. I, I can... Re- I can remember there was lots of little cakes. Yeah, there was just some really good cake. But um, one of the things that Craig, again, Craig Duncan, you know, Craig, Craig Duncan sent me a list of um, top tips for the Disney cruise. Yeah. You know, you should produce it as a book. Um, but one of the things he said was, get cake of the day. Yeah, cake of the day in in the uh, little Cove Cafe. Well, apparently you can get it on room service. And yes, you can. Again, it's, it's all included free of charge. Yes, you can. It's true. But, you know, one of the things I, I really do love about being on the ship early is you get to navigate your way around and you get to find out those sort of things. The other thing you get to do as well is, uh, if you're on there nice and early, you can book your reservations for Parallel and Remy if you haven't had a chance to do that yet. You can take the kids to the kids' club if they're a little bit nervous, let them have a look around before it kind of properly opens up. Um, yeah. And you can sort out your drinks packages on board as well without queuing too much because I know Disney have recently changed the rulings on the amount of alcohol you're actually allowed to take on board. Um, so drinks packages are something you'll be able to sort out when you get on and, and do that fairly quickly without too much of a queue. Yeah. But another thing which I've just remembered is that when we were getting on board, they had some sort of fast pass system for character meet and greets. Okay, that's new. That wasn't last time I was on. That wasn't on there. Um, when we were, say we got in around, we'll say about two o'clock, and I'm sure they said, right, okay, as we checked in, said, right, okay, I'm not going to go through the full information, but there's all your documents, you've, you've done all the forms. Mm. Um, because you've got two girls, there's a princess meet and greet, and you need to get tickets for that. Yeah. And they're going to stop saving the tickets at 2.15. Yeah. So we raced onto the boat, and because we were sort of, I don't know, distracted by so much stuff, we didn't end up getting these fast, fast tickets. And we asked someone about it and they said, well, what's going to happen is everyone with the fast pass is guaranteed to see them and get the meet and greet. Yeah. You can go in the standby line, but, you know, there's quite quite often it never hits that standby line. No, that's true. So you, so you could just be standing there and you never get to do your meet and greet. It is good, though, because they do start a lot of the entertainment stuff like that very early on. You can find different characters and bits and pieces. Um, and one of the things they now do as well, uh, slightly earlier, is they, they did a special DVC members only meet which had free cocktails and some character meet and greets and bits and pieces in there as well someone won a thousand dollars and was hated by everybody else um okay so the answer to the question is you can't go straight into the ship you probably only got about an hour but you do have other stuff that you can do in in order to be prepared and ready to get onto the ship for 11 30 ish yeah but but by all means i would say you want to get there early to make the most out of you without a shadow of a doubt i cannot emphasize enough the earlier you get there the more you get for your money, basically. Yeah. Uh, okay. You, we've got something else you're uh, going to say. I was going to say, and just remember, you're getting booted off the boat on the last day. It's stupid o'clock. I think if you're on early seating for for dinner, I think breakfast on the last day was 6 a.m.? Something like that. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, it was 6 a.m. It's really early. Um, yeah. You know, you kind of comatose as you make your way down for breakfast. Yeah. Um, we, we went for a... a I went so for a after we got kicked off the boat, no, we went to um, Animal Kingdom. We thought that's a nice, relaxing park. I've got all these fast passes. Yeah, I didn't last till lunchtime. Yeah, I was surprised. I think we didn't. We didn't bother going for a sit-down breakfast. We actually went up to the um, buffet and, and hung out there as long as we could get away with. If I remember rightly. Yeah. Uh, okay. What's the next question? Um, right. Okay. Da, 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 da. 
Hi guys, um, I'm just I'm skimming it because it's quite a long letter. It's um, right, I'll get to the bottom first. It's Brian from Owen. Where's Owen? Uh, must be Ontario. Is on is Ontario? Is, okay, Canada. this is my this is Canada. That's Canada. Oh, Canada. What, what would Oregon be? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure Owen's Ontario. I think Texas is TX, isn't it? Anyway, he's just an ex-listener now because you've just offended him by saying he's American, yeah. not Canadian. I apologise for this. Um, if I don't purchase a park hopper pass, can I go to a park in the morning, leave for a few hours, and return later in the evening? That's the first part of the question. Right. If so, can I use the same parking ticket for from earlier in that day? Right, okay, so he's got a one park ticket, he goes in in the morning, he wants to leave in the afternoon, in the middle of the day to go for a nap or a swim or something like that, yep. uh, and then come back in the evening in order to and go back to the same park. Yeah. Right, so the answer to the question is yes, that's absolutely fine. Um, so that's not park hopping. That's not park hopping, no, because you're going back to the same park, so that's absolutely fine. Um, and they'll, it's the fingerprint scanners and things like that recognise who you are and all those bits and pieces. Yeah. No longer do yep. they stamp your hand. Did you do you ever have that? Do you remember those days when they used they used to yeah. stamp your hand with that ultraviolet light, and and you used to go back to the pool in the middle of the day, and you used to kind of swim with your hand in the air for the fear of washing it off your hand <laughs> so you couldn't go back in the park. Those it's, are the days of those really rectangular cardboardy tickets. Yeah, and it you was, had um, to... I'm, I'm sure when we first went, they manually stamped a date on them with like a rubber stamper. Um, but I'm sure later on they got an automated system where they just pushed it into like a time clock machine, and it was sort of no, 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 no. It, uh, I remember them having one of those rubber date stamps. I've, um, I've, I've if, if I've gone through my computer, I've scanned some actually from them. Um, our old, I reckon, photo I've, I reckon I've still got a ticket somewhere from one of those very first trips. I know I've definitely got an old Universal Studios one, but I'm, yep. do you remember they used to be get like a seven day ticket, and then you'd have seven spaces, and each date they rubber stamp the date into your ticket, yep. and they also didn't ever expire. No, no, tickets never expired. So in I've, theory, I've, if I've got I've a day been... left on one, I could go back and yeah. use it now. I think I've got three days left. Oh, you should so take it and see when they'll let you use it. But I remember those days. You'd, you'd have ultraviolet on your hand and you'd go through rides and stuff. And if it was ultraviolet, you'd see it glow on your hand. Yeah. I'm pretty certain if I put my hand in ultraviolet now, it'd probably still be on there because that stuff never came off your hands. Oh, it was good. It was good stuff. It was probably radioactive. <laughs> it probably you... was. It's probably why I'm like I am now. Get, there was some get sort yourself of, screened. There's some sort of Disney DNA that's in my blood and it's turning yeah. a bit weird. It's like, as you're leaving... I'm just going to stamp your hand. Yeah. What, you've done nothing. There's nothing there. You've <laughs> run out. Yeah, how did you know if you'd run out of ultraviolet stamp? Yeah, the guy's been stamping away. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was trying to work out what the reason for it was. It was and... because you didn't have your fingerprints and stuff in those days, did you? So yeah. it was well, literally a case of... Technically, you did have your fingerprints. Well, they didn't the have access to them. Know, you know what I mean? <laughs> Over the days before those things called Fastpass... Do you remember a Disney Park without FastPass? I, I never used to use FastPass even when there was, was FastPass. The days when you had to do queuing. Yeah. Anyway, that's completely Maybe. off where we're talking that, that's about. A, that's a different... Um, <laughs> that's a reminiscent... Uh, Disney before FastPass. Disney with the, the swan boats. Anyway. 
Um, so yes, you can leave the park um, and come back in. And as for your parking ticket, yes, you have paid to park in a Disney car park for that particular day. So yes, you can leave and you can come back, show them the ticket, they'll let you in, they won't charge you. But to be honest, if you're coming back later in the evening anyway, there's been it's been known for there to be nobody on the turnstiles and you just drive through anyway. But yeah. yes, you can do that. But I, I dare say if, um, if you wanted to... Hypothetically, if you if you I don't know drove to the Magic Kingdom car park, uh, transportation ticket centre, and um, paid to get in there, and you went back, but you decided to go via Epcot. Do you reckon you'd yes. be able to use that parking ticket? Yes. How much is parking nowadays? Um, stupid money. I can't remember exactly how much is Disney. It, is it about sixteen dollars or? Uh, yeah, I want to say somewhere around sixteen dollars at this exact moment in time. I, to be honest, the last I can't remember the last time I parked. Because we, yeah. or, or, no, I, refer, I refuse to uh, rephrase that. Can't remember the last time we paid for parking because if we parked, we were staying at Disney Hotel. Yeah. Yeah, I, I suppose so. Yeah. It's it's expensive, but I'm sure, regardless of what you're doing, if, if you've paid some money to Disney to do yeah. something on that day and yeah. without going too far off the rules, I think Disney will allow you to do it because they've got fantastic customer service. Because they can do that. Because that's yeah. what Disney do. Um, okay, so we've answered that question. The answer is yes and yes. So there we go. Uh, it's now $17 a day for uh, for cars, Never. motorcycles, taxis, shuttles, and limos. Campers and trailers and RVs are $18 a day in a bus or tractor trailer. I, I didn't read trailer to start with. I just read bus or tractor. Uh, <laughs> is $21 a day. So there you go. So it's $17. How much, how much for your crop sprayer, flame? <laughs> yeah. If you're bringing in some combine harvester. Uh, then. So that's like 12 quid. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Bargain. Bargain at any price. It's the best tarmac. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, is this the last well, question? I was going to say, as Chris says, they do provide um, transportation through that car park. It's not just that is true. like when you're in our country, in Alton Towers, whatever, and you've got to walk through the grass. This is true. Right, final question then. So, uh, this is from Mark, and he says, What is better for a child under five, tough to be a bug, or finding Nemo the musical as I'm sorting out my fast passes? Okay, under five, tough to be a bug, or finding Nemo the musical? Um, tough to be a bug could be quite intimidating for an under five. Very so much. Uh, with the spiders dropping from the ceilings and things poking you in the bum. Um, yeah. <laughs> And, and also, if, if your child had the aforementioned aversion to carry out meet and greets, um, there's, if, if, the, if the attraction's working correctly, mm. Hopper jumps out halfway through. He does, that is true. And, and then you've got the spray. Yeah, you've got right things on your legs. Um, Finding Nemo the Musical. Those leg I don't like. Do you know what? I, I can go on attractions, 40 attractions and things like that, but the leg ticklers, I don't know, every time. Even Honey, I Shrink the Audience, when he used the, the yep. rats. Oh. Still freaks you know me it's out. Coming. You know it's coming, but it still freaks me out. Um, Finding the, the musical, on the other hand, is much more family-friendly um, and really enjoyable, really good show. Uh, I would argue that actually you probably don't need a fast pass for either. Um, mm. Tough to be a bug, definitely you don't need a fast pass for. I, I would say if you've got the option to... I would get the fast pass for Finding Nemo. You get better seating if you if you get fast pass for Finding Nemo. But to be honest, the size of the auditorium—if you're not bothered about where you sit—then um, you don't necessarily need one. Well, let's put it this way: if you think you've got a better use for a fast pass than those two, then I wouldn't use it for either. But if 
you want a fast pass for one of these two, then it would definitely be Finding Nemo the musical. I suppose one advantage of Finding Nemo is that if you've got a fast pass, you will go into a shorter fast pass queue and you go straight into the theatre. Um, yeah. Whereas you'd have to queue in the big long queue otherwise. And the queue line isn't particularly well shaded. Yeah. Um, from what I remember, it was really, really hot and um, very, not, very long. not at all covered. Um, so... Yeah, if you, if you really have to get a fast pass for one of those two, I would do Finding Nemo the Musical. I love yeah. Finding Nemo the Musical anyway. Yeah, I, th I think such a good from, show. Going, going back from memory, if you haven't got the fast pass for Finding Nemo the Musical, you've got to stand in that queue for quite a long length of time because people start queuing up about forty-five minutes before that queue before the attraction opens. Yeah. Um, but if you've got the fast pass, you just sneak right in. Yes, you do. Um, so, yeah, I would say. Finding Nemo the Musical would be a better option of the two, but uh, you don't necessarily need them for either. Okay, that is all of our questions done, finished, and complete. Uh, right, I think we need to talk about one other thing that we've not talked about yet, and that is this. It is Disney Brit running time, and uh, we're talking running about running time. Running Disney Brit, run, Disney Brit running time, yeah. Okay, for the running team. team. Disney Brit running team time. See, it doesn't work. Um, we're, we're talking about uh, Disney Brit running because uh, this weekend we are about to embark on our next adventure and we will be taking part in a 10k mud obstacle race where, um, called Rock Solid. And we're doing it in, uh, to raise money for Cordwell children once again. And uh, I'm really excited. I can't wait for this. I, I, I don't understand why you're so excited. Right, because it's going to be amazing. I, I, it's going to be so much fun. Right, okay, let, let, obstacles. Yeah. A skip full of ice water. Yeah. And you've got to go under the water. Yeah. Adam, you're wrong. Ah, you're so it's wrong. It's fine. There's at one point we have to get in a big muddy puddle and go under something and cover yourself in mud and stuff. I just it's gonna be. I can't wait. It's gonna be great fun. There's, a, there's a giant tree trunk. Yeah. Across a big muddy pond. Yeah. And I think people are going underneath that tree yeah, trunk. You have I'm to, sure yeah. it doesn't say you have to. I'm no. thinking go over the top. I don't matter. I'm genuinely really looking forward to this. And I know, I think you're looking forward to the challenge, aren't you? But not necessarily the obstacles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I've got to say that I'm I'm a bit of a wuss. And people have know this in the past because of some of the rides that I don't go on. But um, to me, this this is about finding some limits. Yeah. Um, one, we, we've been doing running for nine months now-ish. Something like that, yeah. And, you know, I've got the running concept going. I can do the running. But my arms are like elastic bands. Well, One see, of the challenges is monkey bars across a river. That's true. We see, I've been going to boot camp, and the nasty man at boot camp has been making me do stuff with my arms. So, right. uh, so uh, I'm, oh. I'm good now. You know, I'm, I'm my upper body strength, I'm like the Hulk. I can imagine. <laughs> it's so not true. <laughs> but someone at boot camp turned around to me and went... Your upper body strength's really not that good, is it? <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's not great. Uh, leg strength is fine, but upper body strength, yeah, I'm, I'm not so good. Yeah, oh, it's so fine. Can you imagine monkey bars? One, two, in the water. 
Yeah, that's been me. It's fine. Anyway, the reason we're talking about it is because we're doing it this weekend, and it's not because we're saying, come along and join us, because um, I know our wave is, is sold out now, but uh, we're doing it because, obviously, we're raising money for charity, we're raising money for Cordwell Children, we're trying to raise as much money as we possibly can, and we'd like you, please, to go to justgiving.com forward slash Disney Running Team and sponsor us. You can do that whether you're in the UK, US, Japan, the Outer Hebrides, Outer Mongolia, or Sweden. I don't know why I put Sweden. Yes. yes, anywhere at all. Yeah. Um, so you can go and sponsor us and it will convert it all into good old British pounds and all that sort of stuff. So anyone can do it. But we really are trying to raise as much money as we possibly can for this because we want to give Cordwell children every opportunity to do the great work that they continue to do. So we will be there in our purple Cordwell children running vests. Well, that's, that's an interesting point, actually, Adam, yeah. because... Actually, I've got another question, but I'll, I'll ask one of them after the recording yeah. of this. Um because of the amount of mud and destruction we're going to be doing, yeah. I don't want to wear my purple vest. Oh, you wash it, it'll be fine. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Give it I'm a wash. Sure. I don't want to damage it. No, it'll be fine. Give it a wash. Wimp. I'm, I'm sure you know what you're doing. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm just going to go kamikaze. I'm going for it. I tell you, I am going for it on Saturday. Anyway, you can um, um, you can sponsor us. Just give me.com forward slash Disney Bit Running Team. Every penny and pound will help, I can promise you. We've, um, we've set a goal of £2,000 to raise. Um, and that is by, so we'll do the Disneyland Paris Marathon next year or half marathon. Um, I'm not doing it twice. And, you know, we're, I think we're about 16% of the way through the goal so something far. Something like that, yeah, something around that. So, you know, we've got a year to, to get that extra money in. Um, obviously, we we're going to try pushing really hard when we get nearer to the events. But, you know, don't hold off until the last minute to put your pounds in. And it's... It is greatly appreciating uh, and will be greatly appreciated by Cordwell Children as well. So please do support everything that we're doing there. That would be absolutely fantastic if you could do that for us. Yeah. Um, is that everything? Oh, you wanna, do you want to mention anything about Blackpool? Oh, yes, Blackpool. I've got sad news for you, Adam. What? We will not be going to Funny Girls. Oh, sad indeed. I know you really had your eyes and heart set on going to see Funny Girls. That's right, I did. But... Um, bizarrely, because the illuminations are on, everything is filling up so quickly. Um, so we had to make a decision of, right, okay, well, we'll vote for it or against yep. it. Yep. And the options were go for a meal, then funny girls, or go for a meal, then roll into a pub. And the, the people who voted, voted for roll into a pub. Yeah. Um, and to, to be fair, the funny girls thing would have been good, but you're set on tables and... You are limited on, you know, if we, if we couldn't get loads of tables together, we've divided the whole group up. Um, but the other side on it is we've um, got £20 more to spend in the bar. Okay. Okay. So um, we're going to be going to find a meal, find a bar after the run. The run is going to be, the run has been set. Um, it is five kilometre race yeah. along the upper prom and lower prom from the prison hotel. It's going to be starting at four o'clock. Um, Did you just say the, that is so the that, prison hotel? Um, have you not seen the photographs of it? <laughs> no, the Parisian hotel. Oh, Parisian, that's one. Um, and it's you know it, the, the route that we're doing. It's two and a half kilometers north and two and a half kilometers south. Um, it shouldn't take too long to do, um, and we should finish it before sundown. Yeah, there we go. So that'd be good. And then um, we get and I think that's everything, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think so. So, uh, thank you once again for joining me, Alan. 
No problem. Anytime. And thank you, everyone else, for listening. Of course, you can keep in touch with us if you want to send us any comments, questions, and suggestions. You can email us radio at disneybrit.com. That's uh, whether you've got any questions that we might be able to use on a future show or whether any comments you want to make about anything about how terrible we are and how mm-hmm. awful this show is then you can do that as well that's absolutely fine uh, don't forget you can also follow us on Twitter at Disney Brit and uh, as well as that you can uh, go over to facebook.com forward slash Disney Brit podcast you can also uh, follow us or join up with the Disney Brit running team which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Disney Brit running team and if you want to join the mailing list for the Disneyland Paris half marathon then it's disneybrit.com forward slash DBRT and you can go to disneybrit.com to find all of the latest shows and past shows and all those bits and pieces we'll be back next week uh i believe it's a full disney brit show uh yes. disney brit radio show which we'll be talking i'm sure we'll be talking about and the aftermath that is rock solid and about yeah. how well or badly we have done and how, how much we're not in a one piece or we are in one piece or whatever anyway and how many bruises we've got and all those sort of bits and pieces. So we'll yeah. no talk about that and about the money that we've raised and uh, lots of other lovely Disney things too. That's it, I think. Yeah, so sounds, sounds like a full lot. We will see you next week. Until then, see ya. <laughs>